Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am fake snow lining the sidewalks, Trey Plutnicki. And I am the light that makes it look like Christmas Eve, when in actuality it's December 14th, Daniel Kunkel. And Daniel, we, do we have a... Yeah, you're shaking your head at that, and like, I agree with you. What the hell did I just say? <laughs> we're going to move past it. We're moving past <laughs> it. Uh, so, Daniel. Mm-hmm. We have a film. We do. Today. It's called yeah. Christmas in Homestead. Now, when you said the name Christmas in, in Homestead, let's separate the title of the movie from what the movie is actually about. Sure. W- w- when I heard that, I was like, damn it. This is going to be the biggest stinker in the history of Hallmark films. Because because it sounds like Christmas comes home to Canaan, which yes. was quite which was quite the bore. It was it, a snooze fest. It sounds like a golden collection flick. It doesn't sound yeah. it, it sounds like one that's gonna try and be all like, Yep, down here on the ranch, this is what we do on Christmas. And <laughs> and it doesn't quite do that. No. I will say, so Homestead makes me, Homestead in this title Mm -hmm. is not necessarily like a, Homestead for me refers to like this Western, uh, like old Western idea of what uh, community and home feels like. But in this movie, it's a town called Homestead. Um and that still doesn't help me. The cri- yeah, like <laughs> the Christmas, board, knowing the, like that. The, the inn, I think, is the operating word there because you you don't you don't live in a homestead. You live on a homestead, right? Generally, so, generally is is how the English yeah. It would be part Christmas on the homestead. Christmas on the homestead. Saying. Yeah. So like Christmas in homestead should have been a hint to us. What what was that? We we did a movie pitch earlier on in recording episodes that was about a santa claus that has an inn was it yeah was it was it claus in in which it is santa claus in in santa claus is in 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 which is like yes. as an in indiana i think we did yeah we need to bring that back maybe that's the movie Do that we're gonna write we? for our special claus is in 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 um claus is in okay. in in I have a review for this film, Christmas in Homestead. Great. Four out of ten. Hark the angels, hark the herald angels sing, missing lyrics, not acceptable. Come this is not on. four out of ten. Oh my God. This is not what I call a real review. It's more of an observation. Motherfucker. It may seem really small, absolutely minute to some, but there are others of us who are sticklers for Christmas songs and lyrics to be sung correctly. Around the nine-minute mark, the carolers are in the town square singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Near the end of the song, they leave an entire line-out, a very important part of the song. Some might even say the most important part is being left out, the true meaning of Christmas. Right after they sing, With angelic hosts proclaim, the very next line should be, Christ is born in Bethlehem, but it is not there. Instead, it goes straight into, Glory to the newborn king. This isn't right. Sing all the lyrics, or don't just sing the song at all. It's highly unusual for Hallmark movie, to, uh, a Hallmark Christmas movie, to do this. I guess I can excuse it this time, but this can't become a habit. But next it time, it absolutely cannot. Thank you for sharing your time. This is a big deal for us Christmas Carol enthusiasts. Blessings to you all. Four out of ten. Daniel, right. criticizing a Hallmark movie 
and being like, do these guys even care about the baby Jesus? Saying that shit to a Hallmark yeah, movie. What are you talking like, about? What are you talking about? Like, like if there's any movie that like, I, I don't know, like criticize the Santa Claus. But you're going to come sure. into my Hallmark, my functional Hallmark comment section. And you're going to tell me that this Hallmark Christmas movie didn't put Christ in Christmas enough. Are you shitting me? Also, it's still uh, like, what was the lyric they, that was cut that they're complaining about? Hark, uh, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Okay, well then that's I, sure and sure. I, I will agree that is the whole point of the of that particular Christmas song is is announcing the birth of of the baby Jesus. But they still keep in the whole first verse, which is not exactly a subtle verse. Um, I found that review charming. Like, like, oh, how cute. You know, you know, yeah. Here, Daniel, here's what I think of these reviews. Yeah. How cute, how cute of you. You're so, oh, you're so cute for thinking you have an honest criticism of this film. Oh, like, that's these, cute. How many of these have you seen? Huh? <laughs> and Maybe you can, 10? Listen, you can have an opinion about these movies, sure. But if we're pretending like all opinions about Hallmark movies are equal, no. They're just, they're not. Daniel, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you a sincere question. Do okay. you think you're more right about Hallmark movies than most people when you talk about them? Depends on what I'm talking about, but... What do you talk... So what do you... So... I mean, if we if we are... So people who do... Uh, I, like, I, I found myself getting a little annoyed at people who are like, all these movies are exactly the same. But I'm like, they are not all exactly the same. <laughs> there are a couple of similar beats that are followed. But I I think you're being incredibly simplistic when you say all Hallmark movies are about a businesswoman going to a small town and meeting a hunky boy who works on a farm because they don't well, always work on farms. They sometimes work in hotels. They sometimes work in hotels. Uh, the uh, I will say I think the word you're looking for is reductive. Reductive Just is the a, word. A, Thank yes, you. Yeah. A yeah. Bit, it's, a bit reductive it, criticism because it is it's like you i read all the twilight books because i was like i don't want to criticize this thing without mm. reading all of them that's not mm -hmm. fair that's not that's not how valid and quote unquote constructive like anybody at hallmark listens to our ideas about these <laughs> movies but like that's not well, how feedback works you can't you have to engage with the thing you want to criticize. Yeah. I don't know if we're masquerading as constructive <laughs> reviewers here. I think what we're doing is is pretty uh, no, just by the by the numbers silly. If we were offered a chance, <laughs> you telling me if we were offered a I chance to right, make our right. own season yeah, yeah. that we wouldn't? Because so, we right. would. And we and it wouldn't be I, I really think we'd have enough self-control. To not come in and be like, yeah, we want to do all secret agents and gangster move. Like no, we, no, would we would make a Hallmark, with we would it. make a Hallmark movie. Yeah, but there are certain changes that we would make. Sure. In terms of, of certain character beats and and plot construction, there are and certain stereotypes. Stereotypes, and, yeah. sure. And and there's diversity we want to add that we've talked about many times. So. I do think do we, if we're discussing like I liked this movie or not. No, like obviously our opinions don't matter more than someone else's. Uh huh. If we're talking about Hallmark 
movies overall the concept of a Hallmark movie? Absolutely. We have more of a gra- more of a leg to stand on. Mm. It's nice to finally hear you say that you think you're better than most people. I, you know me. I love thinking I'm better than people. <laughs> um, okay, so what do we what do we got here? Speaking of uh, people who think they're better than people, we got movie stars. Uh, we got some movie we got stars. The liberal elite. Christmas, Christmas and Homestead. Uh, there's another review that um, I, I was torn between. Uh, okay, that's, the title is called dull which i think does a really good job of describing kind of what the movie does sure um, can i i'm gonna i'd love to read the audience the roller coaster you took me on i was at work yesterday <laughs> oh, yeah. 4 45 p.m yeah. um and i received a text from you that says oh this movie is a big uh-oh right off the bat and i said <laughs> oh i didn't even say anything back i was working and i was like cool like i saw that kinda, text it was like cool kind of agree with me right like it's it was 100 percent. you are correct yeah. no doubt and then an hour later one hour five minutes later you texted top tenor for me <laughs> <laughs> no message in between bad oh. start top 10 because i was enthralled by what Ooh. was happening uh yeah and whiplash from those texts and as i I understand because you texted so you texted me this morning i watched it this morning yeah was that that yeah that was this morning uh you messaged me back top tenor question mark question mark question mark and i said who boy and then you kind of are not really believing me no uh and i said i'll turn you around on it and uh this is not a bad movie this is not a top 10 movie though here's here's this review here's it here's the review so we can catch the viewers up the dull bring bring everybody up to speed three out of ten dull by rebecca rocks as in no spark or bright spots this one is an amalgamation of hallmark's fish out of water and country good city bad It had nothing to lift up above the plethora of Christmas movies out there and make it worth your time to watch it. Sometimes you find little pearls to give a Hallmark movie watchability or very, very rarely rewatchability. An appealing hero or heroine or actor or actress with a way with with a line or comic timing, good dialogue, some chemistry between the principals and evil villain, a truly a truly hard to con- uh, truly hard conflict to overcome, a plot that engages and keeps you watching in even a tiny bit of suspense, a heart tucking moment you find uh, or some funny situations. Taylor is undeniably beautiful, but I didn't find her appealing. <laughs> Taylor is the main the main actress who's a movie star. I guess I like the girl next door type that one can relate to. Even beautiful actresses can achieve that quality with good writing or good acting. The character was just boring. The hero was played by an actor that might have some potential, but he was also just commonplace. At times acted very churlish and stupid. Churlish, Daniel. Churlish. Churlish is an interestingly specific word to use about this person. The daughter is a talent. She was good. The premise wasn't bad. A movie star coming to a small town to play a movie star coming to a small town. But it just collapsed from lazy writing. They did themselves no favors by riffing on one of the most stellar romantic comedies ever made, Notting Hill. Inviting comparison uh, by the hero coming out of the door to storm a paparazzi and the daughter posing and mugging for the cameras was not wise. Okay. 
I don't think it. I, I mean, I think the the archetype of the normal guy opens the door and there's paparazzi. That's not a it's, that's not a Notting no, Hill reference. It's, it's, it's just a movie thing. Yeah, it's, like, a trope. it's just a trope. Um, this movie. I, I mean, what is there to say? What is there left to say? The plot, uh, probably. Yeah, we I should guess. probably do that. Yeah, movie star. Let's. I guess the be- the closest comparison to what she had previously starred in was like probably like a Tomb Raider or a mm. like a movie version of um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, and like a big film franchise. She had a relationship with her co-star in that film franchise uh, that ended, we're assuming, poorly because this dude is like a massive creep. (laughs) Yeah, this (laughs) guy is an interesting character. Watching his arc is actually pretty interesting, I will say. He has one of the most unintentionally funny parts of the movie, which (laughs) I will will get to. Um, So please remind me to bring that up if I forget. Will do. Um, so they're they're going to this town called Homestead. They're shooting a movie, like the reviewer said, about a movie star going to a small town to shoot a movie who falls in love with the small town country boy uh, who owns a inn. Who owns an so, inn and is the mayor. Yes. No, no. Well... So this is where things get complicated when, when describing. Oh, it's a complicated you, you just get, you, movie. You just got you just got confused by, by, by what I just said. He's he owns the inn. Okay, mm-hmm. wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So in the in the movie Christmas in Homestead, this woman who stars in these Game of Thrones type movies is producing a movie that she wants to shoot in Homestead. Hence the title Christmas in Homestead. Sure. She falls in love with the mayor and owner of the local inn. And that is like the plot of the movie. So then and then Hallmark, Hallmark, Hallmark for the rest of that movie. The movie within the movie is about, is about a movie star that goes to a small town to shoot a movie and falls in love with the innkeeper who is played by her ex and former co-star of those big budget movies. Okay, did I explain that correctly? I think, Are you following? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so where this sort of like the the plot of the in-movie movie mirrors the plot of the movie Christmas in Homestead. Yes. Are you following? Yes. That, are we, yeah. are we still, am I still being clear? Correct. Okay. In that uh, the innkeeper and mayor is a little pensive, uh, has, has a daughter, has a dead spouse, is sort of like not really wanting to date a movie star because they don't, he doesn't really want the attention. Yeah. Um, I love in all the movies that they have movie stars, there is just this, there, there has to be another reason they don't want to date because it's just assumed you want to date a movie star. And it's like, especially when it's a normal guy or gal, it's like, no, it's like probably really annoying to date a movie star. Yeah. Like even even to date like a high profile TV actor. That feels really annoying in a lot of ways. And so right. they they have to do this like justification thing instead of just being like, "Hey, do they like even like each other? Is there any form of connection between them or is it just assume hey she's pretty in a movie because she she's very pretty she's very pretty she's very charming all this stuff none of that means you're gonna have romantic feelings for someone yeah it is it is very much uh 
like sort of like I'm I'm hot and rich and producing this film. Like you don't want you don't want to go to town. You don't and, want a little bit of this. The, the innkeeper slash mayor is like my daughter is right there. <laughs> <laughs> like my daughter is is right there. They go on dates with this daughter. Where would you rate this dad in terms of our dad? The dads oh, that we've seen. You know, okay. So I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to pitch you on this movie. This yeah. is a good dad. This I is a, will like, agree. Generally speaking, he has his head on locked on straight. And like, I would say the winner of this movie is him. Because not only does he get to be with someone he loves, he gets to stay with his daughter and he gets to keep the town of Homestead sort of in the family. Yeah. And they talk about that a lot where it's like, oh, the inn is being kept in the family. And now they now he has a lot of social he's and got financial it made, capital. Man. He's got yeah. the Hannah Montana life. There is a he is a he is a hundred percent winner of this movie. Yeah. And I'm he sorry, is a you good, were describing good the dad. Um yes. <laughs> so um the uh oh moment is before they before everyone goes to Homestead, let's get some names on this uh on, uh, on these people. All right. Let's get some names on them. Jessica uh, is the lead actress. She's our lead. And then Matt is the dude. Matt's the dude. And then Vince is the ex slash co-star. Which are you? Uh, would you call yourself a big Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants fan? I, Daniel, I, I, I can't say I've thought about that movie much in the past 10 years. Have you Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's or pretty, the I, pretty or charming or, adventure through the exciting lives of four young women. I mean, it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. Or read the books, really. I, I was I always that. hoping because, especially, I believe it was the second Sisterhood where they really had that Mamma Mia aesthetic, at least for the trailers. Like they literally are in mm. Greece and they are doing the same vibe for. That's I funny. think it was the opening scene where they all kind of like reconnect for the first time, and I always wanted. It always made sense to me to do a crossover, a movie. Between, with, between Donna and, with the, Donna, and the, yeah. the sisterhood. To do the sister. It will just include her in the sisterhood. Like, that makes perfect. <laughs> anyway, this guy, the romantic lead guy was one of the one of the hunky boys from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. He, which I, I liked him as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So... And now I'm going to say what I'm about to say <laughs> after saying that I, I, I endorse this man a hundred percent. Okay. So he, before they leave for Homestead, before Jessica and Vince leave for Homestead to shoot this movie. Who's Vince? Vince is the co-star, the movie, the movie star co-star. Who is her ex-boyfriend? Uh, who is her ex-boyfriend? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is like, come on, babe. Like, don't you want to get back together? We could be, we could be like famous, famous again and be like an item. And Jessica's like super not about it. And then Vince sneaks a smooch and takes a picture of said smooch. And Jessica is like, that is disgusting. Delete that. And Vince is like, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. End of scene. He doesn't, by the way. It's not a it's, secret. They're like... He just doesn't delete it. And it's like, it's so oh, icky. It's Vince. really, it's so icky. And here's, it's um sort of played for comedy. Cause it, okay. Uh, Daniel, I think you and I agree that 
uh, so don't you dare look at me like that. I think you and I agree that villains who do villainous things do not make a movie or a book or any piece of media problematic. If <laughs> the movie or book or piece of media presents that behavior as villainous. Absolutely not. No. Yes. That's just, it's, that's because that would make, he, that would make like, that would make uh, Spielberg a bad guy. Cause he made Schindler's list. And it's like, ap- like, of right. course not. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, so, but this movie kind of plays it for comedy i think in the beginning it is played a little like look at this little rap scallion and it's like no that's no that's actually very bad what he did it's very problematic workplace workplace sexual misconduct i think it i think it gets there with with treating it like a bad act but i will agree the music choice was uh poor if yeah, for this many, scene too many xylophones a little bit too much xylophones the what? bass is a little too like it's like nope that's not the yeah. music we should be using yeah. um so yeah that was not good um so vince spends a lot of the movie trying to get back together with jess jess yeah. spends the beginning of this movie trying to get into the mayor's good graces after slandering his name and cause him a real stick in the mud and now she's trying to like turn on the charm and try to get the mayor who's who is Matt. Is that his name? Matt Larson? Yes, Matt, uh, yeah, Matt, the boy. Who's our main romantic interest. Yep. Of this of this movie. There is also a subplot with Matt's sister who co-owns and pretty much runs the inn while the Matt the mayor is running the town. Yeah. And there's a, a paparazzi guy that's sneaking photos trying to sneak photos of Jessica and like get the scoop um and he runs into Matt's sister whose name is Sophie uh and they sort of have this uh friendship romance would you call that a romance it's sort of flirtatious who the photographer the photographer and uh the the uh Sophie the mayor's sister I really like them yeah, it I was, think that they, was a good. Yeah, good. sub. It's a it's a subplot. It is. It should not have been a whole movie. It, it was a good subplot. The movie has good subplots, I yes. will say, uh, because the other subplot that is really good is Jessica's bodyguard. Yes. And loved him. And Matt's daughter, uh, who is named who boy. Lots of names this episode. <laughs> is, it, is it Zoe? So- Sophie. No, Sophie is the wait. It's so. Oh, Sophie's the wait. No, Sophie's Sophie. the daughter. Zoe is the sister. Really? I'm ninety nine percent sure. Yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent sure. Actually, okay, Sophie. Okay, Sophie the daughter, and then Zoe the sister. Okay, okay. So let me redact my previous statement where I said the photographer is hitting on the child. The photographer <laughs> is hitting on Matt's sister. Yep. And the bodyguard who is named Gavin Gavin is becomes friends with the daughter yeah. Sophie. Okay. They're fun together. I like it. They're very fun. And it's very, the whole thing is very sweet that yeah. they have some really nice scenes. Sure. Um, okay. So let's, let's get into the nitty gritty of like the problems that every plot, uh, like, <laughs> 
the big yeah those are that's so, all the plots there's a that, lot of plot lines and it's good but it but daniel like the plot lines are strong and they don't feel cl- it doesn't clutter the movie no it doesn't you know, clutter it, the movie no it gives it gives um because i, I mean it's if flavoring it's, if this was there's like, a lot of seasoning if, on this one yeah if this was like every hallmark movie every other hallmark mo- movie it we would be hyper focused on the mayor and the uh and the movie star and they would have to throw this the the best damn talent show to raise money for this for the first film ever that she's producing yeah. that the town's ever seen and we would <laughs> Sophie seen would, movies before <laughs> would come in clutch uh, building the uh, sure. uh like doing her legendary tap dance solo and sure and matt the mayor would be like i've never seen you tap dance before sophie and then uh, sophie would be like you never cared to watch me tap dance wow before. you are spiraling out of control and then uh, you know but you know what i mean i know what you mean yes uh matt and jessica their whole plot boils down to she eventually kind of has a thing for him and then this photo of them gets taken where they uh, share a little smooch. They share. They share. Uh, it's a quiet smooch because they don't smooch. kiss. They don't kiss until the end of the movie. Yes. Um. But they. But she sort of kisses him on the cheek, which is like super. Like it's kind of hot, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I was like. You said that like you admitted to a crime. I. It was a little hot. You know what I mean. Like it was a, it was a good it was a well acted moment of intimacy. Yes. Yeah. So it was sort of intimate. Yeah, it was a little intimate. We're getting a little insight into Trey's love languages here. Uh, this is um, fascinating. Uh, it was yeah, very genuine and mm-hmm. okay. Anyway, sorry. I'm no, so no, no, I'll agree. It's I'm very blushing. genuine. <laughs> oh, I got the vapors. Oh, oh, oh mama, this is uh, highly irregular. <laughs> so that's their kind of plot line. That kind of ties in because the photographer guy is the one who took it. He's kind of having a flirty thing with the mayor's sister, like you mentioned, who she runs the hotel. She finds out about this photo and is like, "You can't release it." But he's getting offered a lot of money and he wants that money because capitalism. Sure. The nothing really happens with the bodyguard of the little the little girl. She just wants to be a bodyguard so she can be close to famous people. And the bodyguard, I think it's like the best kind of monologue in the movie monologue in air quotes, where he is like, it's hard being a celebrity. Like there are a lot of really nice things she gets, but there are a lot of things she has to give up. She has, she can't really go out in public and just exist because all these paparazzi want to take her picture all the time and talk to her. And and so yeah. it's, it's, it's actually pretty, it, it can be pretty hard being a celebrity. And I think the actor did a great job with that scene. It was a good, yeah. solid scene. Um, she's like because the yeah. daughter is like obsessed with Jessica. Yeah. And uh, when the photo leaks of her, um, of Jessica and the main guy uh, of the main in the mind, there are main two guy. photos that get leaked in this movie. Yeah, we sorry. do need to be yeah. specific, which is when weird that, to think about yeah. when that photo leaks. Um, I think either Jessica or Matt is like, hey, Gavin, can you check on Jess? Can you check on Sophie, the mm-hmm. daughter? And he he sits down at this in in a comically small tea table chair good very good always perfect, funny always a funny blocking um and it delivers this bit this that beautiful speech and is like i help jessica be a normal person so mm-hmm. if you're prepared for that then 
and like she's like she's all about it and she's like so unaffected and they have a, this really nice heart to heart it was great it's cute daniel, it was fantastic i agree it is a good it's a very I think good I, scene here's the thing here's the thing daniel sure. and let me be let me be so straight with you okay there's four couples in this movie yes okay matt and jessica yeah photog and uh mare sister yeah gavin and and the main woman again gavin and the um wait gavin no gavin and uh oh sorry no gavin and sophie gavin and, and the, the daughter and the daughter and then uh vince the movie the pompous movie co-star and himself his ego uh and they all have beautiful sort of they all, not only do they all interconnect yeah and have they so they have those intimate moments with each other and i think we can both agree that all of them have the moments where they succeed where those two those pairs have a flying colors succeeding uh scene yeah where it's like you've delivered an emotionally successful moment you've carried the story yeah. and what you just said mattered to the plot yeah but also their stories intertwine where the product of their relationship matters and has an impact to the overall, uh, the overarching plot of the movie. Yeah. And they all grow in a positive direction, which yes. I do not think we could say the same for every single Hallmark movie. No, you're correct. No, the impact of their individual character journeys builds to the climax of the overall movie. And the things that they learn and the morals and the lessons that they learn, they take with them into interactions with other characters, which is something that happens in good movies. <laughs> Daniel, True. You withhold it. You're withholding saying that this movie is, is, dare I say, good. I didn't. I don't. I think it's good. Said, it's good. Okay. It is a good movie. It is a soundly constructed, overall well acted that's all I wanted. No, you want me to admit it's a top <laughs> 10 movie. And the ending, the ending just kind of it just kind of sputters at the ending. Like at the end, they she ends up leaking. No, sorry. Uh, the shitty movie boyfriend ends up leaking the photo he took at the beginning of the movie, which is interesting because it is played as a bad thing to do. But it is ultimately a heroic action. Because she's like, why did you put this photo out there? And she, he's like, paparazzi care more about who I'm dating than this random mayor from this small town. So now all the paparazzi are going to follow me and they're not going to stay here. So this guy gets to live a normal life again. So to our point or earlier, like, yes and no, it is a bad thing. But ultimately, it's a good thing that he saves this sexually harassing photo that he took of her so this compromising yeah. photo of her so when upon my watch of yeah. this movie yeah the photographer and so uh the sister of the mayor yeah uh, zoe approaches the paparazzi photographer and is like i have an idea to fix this and you're gonna help me because you started it yeah totally his and fault. We did, and it, she's like, we just need to get the eyes off of. We, if the eyes are on Jessica, we need to get the eyes off of Jessica. They will, the paparazzi will follow the most interesting story that at the present moment. Yep, we're gonna assassinate and, the president. Yeah, 
I'm going to kill John F. Kennedy. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. No one else is going to care about anything. <laughs> During the scene, she goes, I have the perfect idea. And at, and it's so funny because Vince walks out of the inn as if to say, I am prepared for my smooch. I am prepared. I am ready for my candid <laughs> he smooch He read ahead now. in the script. <laughs> and what I thought was going to happen was I thought Zoe was going to smooch Vince. Mm. Mm. I thought there was going to be a, a, a planned smooch between the the innkeeper and and Vince, the co-star movie star. But unfortunately, the no, I like the photo had to have a payoff. I like them being where they are. And despite the initial action, I do like Vince's kind of sacrifice because he does admit like he's admitting throughout the whole movie. I want to be with you again. He's 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 being very yeah straightforward to the point about it. The, none of this is me trying to excuse what he does at the beginning of the movie, taking that photo and kissing her like that's that's still a problem. Yeah, but I creepy, super weird. I do like that. He ends up kind of being this anti hero a little bit. It's like, ah man, I don't like what you did, but it does help me out ultimately. So we're square. Um, The the movie ends. Yes. With uh, Jets. <laughs> Daniel, you're like, that was my favorite part. <laughs> no, my when favorite part ended. was the speech from from <laughs> Quinn, Quince or Ga Gavin, Gavin, Gavin. <laughs> Quinn, Quince. Um, it, it ends with Jessica making this really impassioned speech for the movie within the movie, but it's actually to the mayor. Yeah. And, you know, cute, cute. I dig it. I did dig the ending. Good, good, good. Um, It was that was that was good. Uh, and then because he because the mayor comes up and he's like, I want you to stay. And she's like, she doesn't say anything. And she just like walks away into her scene and she does her scene. And then at the end of the scene, the scene partner like steps away, revealing the mayor. And she's like, I, I want to live the normal life, please. <laughs> and he's like, stay with us for Christmas. Hang out here. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. And she's like, you okay, with me. I will do this. Mwah. Yeah, I will say um, both the mayor and the uh, the movie star lead. Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic on screen criers. Mm -hmm. Spectacular. Oh, yeah. On screen criers. Oh, my difficult, God. difficult skill. Very difficult skill. Um, I know there's like a crying stick because I like. I think it was an interview with Daniel Kalua where he talks about Get Out, mm -hmm. and he said, uh, "What landed? What Jordan Peele said? What landed him the role of Chris in Get Out was he did the uh, the sunken place scene, mm, yeah. uh, and every single time that tear dropped at the exact yeah, same baby. spot every single time <laughs> that he did it, and uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, like I I can." And, and he does it in his uh, in his so strange, Insane. confusing accent. Um, but he he's like, yeah, I know how to cry on cue. But sometimes when you pick up from the middle, you need a little bit of help. And whether that help is yeah. like somebody literally taking a dropper and putting water or like saline solution in your eye, or you use this thing called a crying stick. Where have you heard about this? I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, a crying stick is like. It's like Vicks. It's it sort of has the same attributes as Vicks Vapor Rub. Yeah, but, but it's, it's for like your a, eye. 
it's in your chaps it's like in chapstick and you put it under your eye like eye paint and it's clear and it like is spicy it activates and it your, gets, your tear receptors a yeah bit there. and it gets you crying uh which i found really interesting because that was something that always disillusioned me about working in film it's like if it if the script requires crying like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to pull that off i know what it's like to be on a film set you know yeah um and it's like it's hard and it's intimate and you it's don't get any high, build high up pressure. a lot of time yeah, yeah it's hard there's it's a lot easier on stage but um they do it they both of them do a really fantastic and realistic job job yeah uh sort of cry it's it's wonderful to watch it's it made me very excited uh i like this movie daniel shoot me but why is this a top 10 top 10 here's the thing i think the top tenors we have uh, have a lot in common. And I think what this movie has in common with the rest of the top tenors is it has solid characters, it has so- solid character dynamics, mm-hmm. and no character dynamic is wasted. There's there's a reason why. Sure. A lot of the times in the in movies, and I do not think that there are 10 movies that we've watched. We've watched 90 movies. I do, I do not think there are 10 movies that have seven main characters that that serve the story mm-hmm. and and those and all of those characters if one is gone the movie cannot exist that's that's rare that's very and rare. all of those yeah. and all of those characters through lines and arcs are important in serving the main story which i think is that's impressive for like a movie a normal movie to do much less like a hallmark movie that's why it is top 10. That's why it is. Are you ready for this? Number three. Number three? Number three. <laughs> Daniel just mimed I, And this is... No, no, no. No, I'm glad this happened. This is going to happen inevitably. That we disagree? It just... It, no, no, where a movie is... I can admit the technical strengths of this movie Mm -hmm. something about the way i watched it or received it it did just didn't click for me it it just didn't i can i can i know movies i know how to i can objectively tell you what generally makes a good movie right but it's like this happened this this happened the other week where anakin and i were watching the Lord of the Rings movies. And I was like, I can per- I can break down for you why objectively these are incredible movies. But if they don't work for you, it doesn't matter. I think we, we do agree on Lord of the Rings. Lord, I, I, I mean, that's you. not yeah, even yeah, like yeah. no question. Yeah. I mean, the problem. So, the, no. So the problem with receiving Lord of the Rings is it is an objectively bro movie. Yeah. It is a very broy movie. And I don't think you and I are are the broy sort of. We are not the type. we are not the broy types, but yeah. we are I think some of those we can still like we still like seeing those relationships. Some people just don't care about that. Like those types of movies just don't appeal to them, and that's totally fine. That is that's just what it is. Can I can I argue that um Aragorn's speech before the Black Gate is one of the best movie speeches of all time and, and sure. will make me cry. Be, be, and I can and I, I can break down the text 
of that monologue and explain why the text is objectively uh-huh. one of the best speeches ever given in a movie. You know, same with um, same with same with uh, with Gladiator. Right. When when Gladiator reveals himself in the arena to Joaquin Phoenix, like that is objectively one of the best speeches ever. But. But and that butts is holding up a planet right now with how much uh-huh. weight that butt is, Big how much butt. work Big that butt, butt is doing. Yeah. But glutes. if you don't receive the movie at the right time, you know, if you watch, have you watched Gladiator on an airplane with a screaming baby kicking the back of your seat? All that goes out the yeah. window. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And this is why yeah. movies are so fascinating to me. Like, this is why art is fascinating to me is because objectively, I can explain all these things and tell you why. But if you are not at the right point to receive that movie and to sit with it and process it, and it's not a judgment on you at all. It just is what it is. It doesn't matter. And that's fascinating. Yeah. That's so cool. Do you know what my favorite part about Lord of the Rings is? Yeah, what? When... Uh, what's the hobbits are like oh my god a talking tree and then <laughs> and then he's like i am do not dare call me a tree i am an ent i am but an you ent. can but you can call me tree beard <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude they they nailed it they put the nail on the head they call like I mean it is he's not a tree that's true yeah but called me tree beard call me tree beard that's like <laughs> you added that shit you added the beard at the end <laughs> you mother you liar um okay uh oh, what was I gonna say I was gonna say something. Oh, I can't remember. God, when when fucking Elrond flips his cape open and shows Aragorn the sword reforged, the the a bro coming up and being like, "My your girlfriend's dying. Take up this dope ass sword and go recruit an <laughs> army of zombies to fight pirates to save her." Objectively, one of yeah. the most bro moments <laughs> in fictional history. Take this dope ass sword. Take take your your great 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 grandfather's dope ass sword that me and the other elves reforged. Here you go. Co recruit zombies to fight pirates. Get those zombies. Okay, connections. Mm. Obviously, she was in the David Mammoth. <laughs> okay, all right. Or he was. Maybe he was. I think he was in the David yeah. Mamet play. Let's put, let's put him in the David Mamet play. He's got major David Mamet play. Yeah. That's also maybe a musical slash ballet vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, we got uh, innkeepers. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, Can I tell you one line that stood out to me that I, I think is sure. uh, potentially something? Yeah. Shitty movie boyfriend brings up an antique that he bought. Our Our lovely heroine. He mentions buying her these old antique earrings that had had her birthstone in them. Interesting. It was interesting. As as we know from uh, the Angel of Christmas, is that what that movie is called? Yes. Uh, That antiques uh, harbor, especially Christmas-related antiques, harbor the spirit of uh, Chester. Yeah. The almost like Horcruxes. 
All antiques. Though. Yes, all antiques have a little bit of that Aurora Borealis. <laughs> have a little bit, in them. Of, little bit of Chester in there. A little bit of ABC, baby. So I don't know how anything. those earrings come into play, but uh, there's something. There's something there. Yeah, something interesting. Okay. Which I think I. I mean, this is this goes into the Christmas girls and and business boys. Sure. And stuff. The mayor is somehow both. He's really complex and mm-hmm. toes the line between business boy and Christmas boy. Sure. This is true. Whereas like his his lifeblood is the city of Homestead, and Homestead is by definition the city of Christmas. But because he's mayor and he owns the inn, he he is a tied to Homestead bit of for business, business yeah. for business decisions. Whereas uh, Jessica, the movie star, yeah. is the exact same. Yes. Where she has the Christmas sense because Christmas is intertwined with her business. Yeah. And they're not necessarily, they, they're, they're meeting each other, not through circumstance of business versus Christmas, but instead on the basis that they're in, in the exact same sort of mindset that's true about that line between business and christmas very so true. this is like a, it's sort of like an interesting like it it ditches the it just ditches that trope a little bit for us it does it does ditch that a bit or or at least at least changes it a bit yeah we're seeing an evolution of that which i'm all here for like yeah i'm all here for no complexity question we are here for a little bit more Little bit more spice. Little zhuzh. Do you know how to spell zhuzh? Take 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 a stab at that. How to spell zhuzh? Yeah. Take, Z- go ahead. Z- oh my god. Z u j. End of end of word. Zhuzh. Zhuzh. So I'm curious, and and let's really chat about this. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. Why does why does the beginning sound of zhuzh yeah match the final sound of zhuzh, but has two different letters? Yeah, because because English. Because English. Yeah, because English. So here's Dude, how I, I don't would even pronounce. know how to find how to spell zhuzh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would, uh, I would pronounce Z U J. If you put Z U J in front of me, I would pronounce it uh, Zuzh, or or Judge, or Zuzh. Dude, Zuzh is a good name. Zuzh, 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 Zuzh. A little bit of Zuzh. Zuzh, Zuzh, Are you thinking of D J then? So. Well, DJ is ja, is just ja. Ja. And what you're looking for, if we're, okay, we're talking about IPA now. We're looking for that little lowercase Z sort of uh, sound. The the Z with the little like J at the bottom of it? Yeah, like the, gotcha. the lowercase cursive. Sure. Uh, that's the sound. The the sound in beige. 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 Okay, you ready for the spelling? Yeah. Do you have it? This is what, this is what the New York Times says. Okay. The spelling is. Okay. Okay. Z H U Z H. Give it to me one more time. Z H U Z H. Zhuzh. Zhuzh. This is nothing. You want to know what we're watching next week? <laughs> yeah, tell me what we're watching. Next week we're watching Christmas List. 
Isabel plans a storybook Christmas with her boyfriend, including a cottage in the Northwest and a bucket list of holiday traditions. But when he goes AWOL, the list proves challenging and attempting new romance turns her life upside down. We got what's in the Northwest, Daniel. Seattle. The Aurora Borealis. The Aurora Borealis is in the Northwest. We've got Alicia Witt back. Okay, we like her. We like her quite a bit. Very merry mix of yeah. Christmas at Cartwrights. Oh, she. Oh, she's good. Yeah, she, yeah, we like her. She's good. All right, like I do enjoy her. Yeah, um, Alicia Witt is back, but also you rating this podcast five stars is back. And bet that was okay. That was that was a near okay. It's okay. You it's can a bad you can rate this. It's a, yeah, it's you can, yeah, you can you can write this. You can review this podcast as a four out of five stars for just for today, if you would like. You could also That's leave fine. us a review. Uh, on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. You can also visit our website, www.mistletoesecret.com to figure out the story so far. And also, you can fill out the form at the bottom of the page to tell us your version of the story so far. Mm. You can also send us an email to do the same at mistletoesecret at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at hcusecret on twitter.com. Daniel, you got anything else? I got nothing else. The intro music was written by Colin Robertson, so was the outro music. My name... Same song. (laughs) is Trey Plutnicki. My name is Daniel Kunkel. And I'm reminding you to stay jingling and stay jolly. Thank you for listening to this top 10 movie. Number three, baby. No, it's stop. not. Never no, stop. it's not. Never stop. It's like Never number stop. 20. Maybe. Number three. No. Three. Number three. You absolute Bronze fucking metal. maniac. Bronze metal. The Olympics are calling.